Welcome to episode 29 of the Bossy Beach Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting with Jessica Miller from Karatha and she's got a really good story to tell and I want you to listen to the end because she went through an experience recently uh, or last year, which um, was incredibly brave of her to come on and speak about that on this um, episode and I'm really, really grateful to her for that. So I'm not going to spoiler alert. You have to listen the whole way through to hear it, but it is... uh, it's, it's a good one. So please enjoy this episode and know that it is sponsored by me, Elsa Mitchell, and the Elsa Mitchell Mentor Academy, which has just recently opened. This is for women in business that are looking to find the clarity they need and the community they need and the foundations they need in order to make the impact they want in their business. If you're interested in joining the Mentor Academy, please shoot me an email at hello at elsamitchell.com.au. You're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Mate, get out of here with the podcast. Welcome to episode 29 of the Bossy Bitch podcast. Today I am speaking to Jessica, and I always want to say Jessica Mark, but I know (laughs) it's Jessica Miller, um, who lives in Karatha. And for anyone who doesn't know where that is, it is like a full red dirt, dusty town, like in outback Western Australia. Thank you so much, Jessica, for chatting with me today. You're so welcome. And I have to correct you there because Karatha's actually become a city now. Um, and it, it has not. It has. And we have, yeah, all, all the city amenities are bigger. We've got a bigger population size. Um, and it is, it's one of those things, I guess, as a local here and anyone that's listening in a country area will probably get this, that people outside of the region are kind of like, oh, it's this tiny little like mining town <laughs> and the middle of nowhere and there's nothing there. But it's actually a really, really vibrant place to live and lots of like young families and it's really progressive. So I kind of, um, yeah, debunk the, the country town myth. But it is in the desert. We are on the coast. We're very remote. It's a good 16, 18 hours drive north of Perth and then, you know, another eight hours up to get to Broome. So we are a little isolated. <laughs> Okay, well, on that, I have some questions. You do, do you have traffic lights? Do we have traffic? We do. We've got multiple sets of traffic lights. Okay, and um, <laughs> this is do you have McDonald's? <laughs> we do have. We got McDonald's, Hungry Jacks, KFC. That's so funny. Okay, well, then fine. You're a city. Have it your way. <laughs> I, I, I love that. You. That's the barometer. <laughs> McDonald's and some traffic lights. <laughs> okay. Well, I know. I grew up in a. Sp- in an actual real life small country town that doesn't have any of those things and <laughs> we used to go to Narigen and they had chicken tree and we're like whoa chicken tree oh, and coals that makes you a really big town a big smoke when you got that <laughs> yeah well there you go I literally did picture Karatha just being this tiny little yeah mining town yeah when you showed true. me there we go <laughs> learning something already <laughs> signed up for a geography lesson right yes yeah I haven't been to Karatha um <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So Jessica, before I've got lots I want to talk to you about today, and I think you've got lots of really interesting stuff you're going to be able to teach 
my listeners. But first of all, can you just tell everyone listening your story, I guess, like how you sort of came to be doing what you're doing in business and maybe even how you ended up in Carafa? Yeah. Yeah, wow. There's some, some big stories there. I guess I I guess I'd describe myself as a bit of a corporate dropout and business strategist gone rogue. I started my career in the media actually up here in Carapa. So I guess the stories will, will kind of intertwine because I was at uni uh, studying economics and journalism. I in the very last year of uni uh, broke my foot and ended up in a moon boot and uh, then ended up in Karatha because my dad was living here at the time and I thought well I can't walk I can't drive I can't work I'm just gonna go and like stay at dad's house and have him look after me as you and, do yeah yeah <laughs> so here I was over in Karatha um, this place that I honestly thought was some tiny little dusty mining town myself and was like you know had no desire to stay or didn't even know really where it was but I've came on over and not being able to do much I got quite bored and so I started looking you know at the paper and saw that there was a job going at the Pilbara News which was owned by Seven West Media and I kind of thought yeah I'm just gonna apply because I know back in Brisbane everywhere I studied everyone was you know doing unpaid internships in the media like it was really hard to get into and I thought just, just see what happens and got the job then started in January almost 10 years ago now so it'll be 10 years this January coming up and the same week that I started my now husband started Ooh, I see what the happened radio yeah. station yeah <laughs> you slept your way to the top didn't you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a typical cliche work romance so he started at the radio which was also owned by Seven West at the time and they put on a work dinner we got to know each other and formed a friendship which became a relationship and then marriage and kids and so here we are still in Karatha um and over the years I guess my career kind of kind of changed because I you know two of us in the media just wasn't very sustainable and I had other um skill sets that I could draw on so worked in a lot of project management strategic planning corporate um business advisory until we got engaged and when we got engaged we were at the bank as you do kind of setting up all the like joint finances and all that beautiful like admin stuff and there was this couple like picture on the wall of this couple with like a frozen yogurt and it was an ad to promote small business lending and something that whenever we've gone back to like Melbourne which is where he is from he said always go for froyo days and we kind of just looked at each other and thought oh like amazing if we had a froyo business in craft like it'd be so good to go get froyo the climate's great like it's a great treat and um we kind of had a giggle about it and then lo and behold a couple of weeks later when we should have been working on wedding plans we're like researching froyo franchises and so that was kind of our first step into business Mm -hmm. I um ended up leaving my corporate job to establish that business and then once that business was established, I went back to work in corporate business advisory and did that until I had Charlotte, our daughter, who's now five. Um, then kind of on maternity leave, I I think there's like this thing that happens when women have babies mm-hmm. and then all yep. of a sudden they're like, 
I don't want to go back to work. How yeah. can you use my <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and it's so like these conversations with mums, you know, it was less about how we're getting our kid to sleep through or what are we feeding them or, you know, all the developmental stuff and more about like, you know, just business and how we could, how they could use their skill sets. And I think because it was something that I had done for so long in corporate and then had done ourselves with starting up that franchise business, um, although it's slightly different being brick and mortar to online, but um, it was something that I also had the skill set to support people with. And I was kind of, you know, I, I must admit, it took me a little longer than I would care to <laughs> <and> <laughs> how long it took me to realize that I could do this too. So here I am like helping everyone else and giving them advice yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And then it like dawned on me. I was like, hang on a second. I can like start my own business doing this. Like I don't have to go back to corporate. and. Yeah, it just kind of started from there. It was it was initially like a lot of local workshops, a lot of local clients, and I guess being a smaller town, there was like a limited amount of clientele, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That you know, and once I'd exhausted the pool of potential people to support <laughs> and to get to my workshops, I was kind of like, well, how how can I make this more sustainable? How can I grow bigger? And so that's when I got into the online space about two and a half years ago now and yeah just really I think that opened up the horizon of who I could access like I now have clients across the globe um and it's just it's just crazy to think that that all happens from like the spare bedroom in my house in Karata. I know it's amazing <laughs> and so yeah. whoa 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 back up a second you opened the Froyo business Yes. So, we, oh, yeah. So we opened the furry business. That happened. Um, see, see, now I believe that it's a city. Now I believe yeah. <laughs> that happened six years ago. <laughs> um, we opened that up like literally within months. Like we, we don't do anything. Think slowly. Mm-hmm. Me and my husband. We opened that like up a within a couple the of months. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it was this whirlwind period where I think we got engaged opened a furrier shop, got married and had our first baby within like two and a half years. Like it was crazy. Not even two and a half years. I think it was less than that. So yeah, that happened. We've since closed the furrier shop down. It was it was a great business, was doing really well. But again, like there's challenges of being in a small town. The biggest thing is staffing. Uh-huh. And yes. often meant that, you know, even with this new little baby, I was kind of in there with her in a pram or the carrier covering shifts and it was just really challenging to to kind of operate that way particularly because we are in that mining town where like you know as a small retail business you can't offer as competitive packages as multinational mining companies so yeah 100 percent yeah we kind of we got to the end of our five-year lease with that one and we let it go and we had also in amongst all of that as well, again, because we, you know, just like to add things to our plate. Um, we also opened a sumo salad franchise. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, massive. So, you know, just just a couple of things. Um, <laughs> well, you see, you've got some good franchise experience, which is great awesome. Great franchising, great retail hospitality, um, which is hilarious given that, I had prided myself on the fact that I got through all my uni studies without ever having a hospitality job because I worked in college <laughs> centres and gyms. You and bought like, yourself a hospitality <laughs> job. <laughs> and and it's, it's interesting because a lot of people are like, well, how, how or why and all of that. And I think it's, it's through those experiences of having that that I really, it really solidified the lesson around like, 
alignment and how important it is Mm -hmm. to actually set yourself up in a business doing the work that you love because I feel like I would have been less resentful of putting those kind of hours in if it was doing work that lit me up. And and then I guess guess the burnout piece too of like how, how, how sustainable are things like there's only so much of you that can go around so some pretty big lessons from from those two experiences even though they they are directly related to I guess the online space that I really focus on now oh absolutely and we have a very similar story and you know around the whole mum thing and having kids and working I just want to share a mum moment that literally just occurred to me I'm sitting in my daughter's bedroom because I think it's a great spot to do my podcast and I just picked up what I believed was a glass of water and drank it while you were talking. And I'm telling you, that wasn't water. I don't know what was in that glass. It was oh fucking my disgusting. Goodness. I'm oh. like, what the fuck could that have possibly been? I just put it in my mouth. Anyway. Kids are their potions. <laughs> just to keep it real here. Yeah. Um, I hope I don't die. If I stop talking all of a sudden, that's what happened to me. Oh my God, you and I have such a very similar story because I had a bricks and mortar business as well for, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, nearly 14 years. So and I, everyone thinks that I'm joking when I say I hate technology and I hate being online and everyone's like, yeah, right. And I'm like, I actually suck at it. I suck at technology and everyone's like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but here I am in the online space with an online business. And it's true. I, one of the things that I've always said and always really believed in is that you can still have that same old-fashioned customer service and values that you have in a bricks and mortar business. You can still apply that to an online business. The same kind of morals and values and all of that, it still it still works no matter whether your business is bricks and mortar or, or it's on in an online space. And you can still build community, um, which you've shown. You know, you've just said before you're in Karatha and you're building these global relationships with clients so it you can build relationships you can nurture you can make friends and look at you and I we've barely spoken but we've kind of gone back and forth on the social media over the last couple of years and here we now here we are now so I love that and it's important I think because I love speaking to women that live remotely and yes even though Karatha is a city as we've established (laughs) It is a remote city. I feel like a brat now. Like, don't make fun of my city. I'm not making fun of you. I'm from a small country town. Like, I feel like I'm allowed to make jokes. Um, totally. <laughs> if I was a city person, I'd be burned at the stake. Yeah. My dad, who loves listening to these, it's like, oh, you fucking city people. You're fucking this and you're fucking that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, hi, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, my God, now I'm scared he's going to hear me say that. I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> but anyway, despite Karatha being a city, it still is a remote area. And I love speaking to women who live remotely that grow successful businesses. You know, I love chatting with um, – there's a woman, lady up in Broome, that I speak to regularly that has 11 gyms, you know, some are in Karatha, some are in Broome, some are in Derby, some are in Port Hedland. And I'm like, Cindy. yes, Cindy. <laughs> well, I love Cindy. Um, and so I'm like, dude, holy shit! Like, how the hell do you own all these gyms all over the place? And here you are living in like Broome, which is the outback, like middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. It's amazing, and I love when I travel up there and run my workshops. I love hearing the challenges that women, in particular, women, because I don't know. 
we seem to have more challenges because <laughs> I guess we're a little bit more fragile sometimes. Mm. Um, so I love hearing the challenges that they face and it's so interesting and um, I love hearing how they've overcome that to to be successful and that the distance and location is no longer a barrier whereas it once would have been. So my question for you, Jess, is with with the women you work with that do live remotely or rurally, what are some of the challenges you see them facing? I think something that it's it's going to sound really unconventional because it's not directly a business thing per se, but the biggest challenge that I see particularly affecting women is the isolation from a lot of their support networks. So mm. a lot of people up here coming up because their partners work in resources and so they're away from like their family, they're away from their kind of network of friends that they would have established in their early years of life and things like that. And so 100%. it's it's like the whole um, the whole burden of running the household falls on them, particularly because also up here we've got like um, really like shift work, we've got long hours, all of those sorts of things that play with a lot of our key industries and employers. And so, yeah, it's really like the women are really responsible for running this household full time, plus then trying to also operate their business. And, you know, as any mum will know, like that's a full time gig in itself. Mm -hmm. And then adding in the the pressures that come with business and particularly starting up a business where you're kind of really trying to build that momentum and you if you haven't got that startup budget you're kind of wearing all the hats and doing all of the things it can it can really be a lot so I would say that's probably the the number one challenge a secondary to that I feel like the the limitations of of the pool of clientele is obviously tricky mm-hmm. particularly in smaller towns than Karatha where you may only have a limited number of clients that you could work with it would want your services in in your local area and that's that's why going online is is so magical because you can really it just opens up the world and Mm. you know like you can meet so many and not only clients like I feel like from a networking perspective because I think that was for me for a long time a really big frustration I'm like there's just not people that get the online business space like Mm. locally and so I could have conversation I could go to business networking groups that are more like the chamber of commerce and it's more <laughs> industry related and it's not as isn't they you tell them what you do and everyone's just really confused because yes. <laughs> yep. it's a whole nother world um and so like I've really met a lot of my now like best friends via Instagram and via online courses mm-hmm. and memberships that I've been a part of and things like that so I guess while it's a challenge, it's also a really great invitation to actually expand your horizons and so much good has come from that. Absolutely. And I know when I was up in Broome a couple of weeks ago and did a, I guess, a workshop slash retreat thingy day. Mm. And um, what I love about the Pilbara women is um, just how they just say it how it is. You know, they keep it real. So Mm. my people. And, you know, everyone was kind of like, you know, I'm like, you know, what's brought you here today? And everyone's like, you know what? I just fucking needed to speak to some people. Like I just needed some people that were like me to talk to. I just wanted to, I'm bored and I'm lonely Mm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to expand my network. And I'm like, great, that's amazing. And this is what I love as well. One of the things I love to say over and over and over and over is 
you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, right? Uh-huh, 100%. And when you're surrounded with no one or – and we love our families very much, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes those fuckers just suck the life out of you, don't they? <laughs> We need people that – I used to joke when I had to go into my bricks and mortar business, I used to joke that I'm like, people are nice to me here. When I go home, no one's nice to me. They all are just demanding, 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 you know. So <laughs> I joke a lot. But, you know, so it's it's on you to go out and find people that are going to motivate you, going to elevate you. And I think it's why – you and I do, there's such a space for it because people love having someone they can connect with regularly via Zoom or whatever. And it keeps them moving forward, keeps them learning, growing. Otherwise, you do just become stale. And it's why I love my group coaching program because I get people from, you know, Broome, Kununurra, Perth. Um, I think I had someone in the Northern Territory, you know, and they all become – it's like this whole new community that comes together and I'm all about building community. And I think when you are living rurally and remotely, you kind of have to go out there and find your, your, your tribe yourself, mm. don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. Like I think there's something so special about when you are working with clients one-to-one or in a group and then they get together and they end up going off and doing things. Like you just feel like this beautiful little match. Oh, I love it. So great. I know. It is absolutely beautiful. And I think I've always been passionate about, I think because when I I owned a hair salon and we were on a random street, we weren't in a shopping center, we didn't have passing by traffic. So from day one, I was like, we have to make sure that every client that comes into this, this door we win them over so they come back because we can't rely on people just coming in off the street. So I Mm -hmm. think from that I've always had this, you've got to treat every client like, you know, absolute gold and the same with your staff when you get good staff, which, again, it's hard to find in anyone living rurally right now. We just be like, please don't talk about staff. Yeah. Um, But when you get a good one. That's definitely a challenge of being rural and remote. (laughs) Yeah, like back in the day, that wasn't the way, you know. It used to be like the boss would be the growly and you're privileged to have a job. Now the tables have turned and it's like what can we do to make our staff happy? But building good relationships with your staff, with your clients, with your suppliers, with other women like you and I do the same kind of thing, yet here we are building a good relationship. Mm. It's so important. It's like one of the most important things in growing a successful business. Totally. Relationships, uh, I think, are everything when it comes to a business. So I think you've really like hit the nail on the head with that. And, you know, maybe it is that that old-fashioned or brick-and-mortar experience that kind of has solidified that. But I, I think having those relationships is is really what, what sets you apart. Like it sounds like your business has been built quite similarly to mine and that a lot of it has also come through that repeat and referral-based business, which, you know, I, I look, used to look at, you know, some coaches online that were like, oh, I've worked with thousands of women and blah, blah, blah. And I think, oh, gosh, I must be a pretty crap coach. I haven't worked with that. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm always fully booked. The thing is, is I'm working with women on repeat because they're having such a great experience. Correct. So oh, my I gosh. It's like that reframe of like, well, it's about depth for me anyway. It's about the depth of relationship. Um, yeah. I, I would much rather have the same client over and over and over. 
Totally. Then a high turnover, same with staff. And I used to interview people and say, I want you to work for me until you're dead. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Either you're dead or I'm dead. Whichever one happens first, I don't want you to ever leave. So, and they'd be like, "Uh, I was thinking of taking a holiday. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But on the building relationships, um, I know that you recently went through a little bit of an experience, but I'll I'll let you tell the story. And it's, I, I really wanted to, it's a big part of why I wanted to get you on today because I feel like as a woman in business and, you know, you're networking, you're collaborating, you're partnering with other people, learning about diversity and um, even you had to explain to me before it was called DEE, diversity, equity and inclusion. inclusion. Yeah, I should have probably have learned about this sooner, but here I am, I'm learning now. And I I know you just had an experience you went through, which was – pretty big and would you mind sharing that with me today Jess? What happened was in the spirit of relationships and connection and collaboration I held an online summit event to basically at the time the driver was to bring together like I had just been it was maybe my first after my first year in business I'd learned so much about the online space from so many really incredible business women and I also knew that there were so many people starting up that kind of didn't necessarily know who to or where to go for support and I was like all right I'm just going to bring all these women together I'm going to put on this event and it's going to really be this this great um, way for people getting started to access a ton of resources for like next to nothing I think it was like less than $50 a ticket and so I put that on that event and the first year it ran it ran really well it was super um well attended and really successful and so straight away kind of got planning I was like how can I make it bigger how can I make it better for next year like let's let's do this again and of course going through the year like my networks had had improved and so at that point I was like I'm going to open it up to application and just just really see who I can get in here to present so pulled this um summit together and as you can imagine like it's a big process to pull Mm -hmm. together something like that and then it was maybe like you know put it out into the world tickets were on sale and maybe within two or three days I had received a message letting me know that there was some conversations happening in other groups and communities about the lack of representation within the lineup at that event and like I guess now knowing what I know, it's quite embarrassing to admit, but like we, full transparency, we all start somewhere in this journey, mm-hmm. kind of had the very typical, I guess, white girl reaction yeah. of, I, you know, I, it was by application. I didn't have any people of color apply. So how does that make me racist? Like really kind of, I guess, like confused by how people could be saying those kinds of unkind things about me. Like I kind of very much put myself in the victim seat there and was like, well, I put all this time. I'm trying to do a good thing. Like, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm and, I, and I, and I understand person, I understand like. that reaction. You know, I do. Yeah, and it was, it was super emotional. And, you know, I, thankfully at the time I was in a mastermind with my mentor Kate Northrup and – she is very well versed in matters of inclusion and DEI. And I kind of went into the group with this like vent of like, oh my gosh, this has happened. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. 
and she very quickly like schooled me after like yeah. why why it was a problem and why my reaction was also really problematic and so through a lot of like coaching and backwards and forwards in with her and then getting in touch with um beautiful woman named Gina who was her DEI consultant and really unpacking some of the issues around it it was you know I kind of got to the point where I realized like it wasn't okay I didn't feel okay about running forward with the event like there were plenty of people that obviously wouldn't have seen the issue or known and all of that but it just once you know you you know and so I pulled the event and issued a public apology and really I guess in doing that it opened up a lot of conversation for people Mm -hmm. that that had hadn't have noticed that it that is an issue they were kind of like oh I didn't even consider that or see that and so I think that was something beautiful to come out of it that at least for a second it made some other people consider that in their business and yeah I guess from there I kind of engaged a beautiful DEI consultant Annie Gishuru and have worked through her programs and still continue to be mentored by her because there is there are so many layers and complexities around it that it's it's not I don't feel like it'll never be one of those things that you get done with yeah definitely yeah and, and just even in your business like there are so many different ways to incorporate it and just so many nuances and subtleties to know in order to really create that that consciously inclusive business where you're intentional about the type of spaces that you create and the type of experiences and people that you're attracting and things like that. And so, yeah, it's, it's been one of those things like, you know, it's so cliche to hear that you have those moments where it feels like it knocks you on your knees at the time. But mm-hmm. actually when you look at it in hindsight, it's such a gift. Yeah, and and I was unaware that that had happened and someone pointed, told me about it and I was like, oh, my God, I really want to speak to you because I hadn't even thought about those same mm-hmm. things. And so what you went through and your, like you said, you had your reaction and then being schooled on that reaction, I was like, it was exactly, I would have been, it could have been me. Mm-hmm. And I often say, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know a lot about all the things and I think that we're often scared of saying that I'm fucking terrified of saying the wrong thing Mm because you know I just am the most inappropriate and I have a really twisted sense of (laughs) humour and I always love to joke about how I'm certain one day I'm going to end up like Pete Evans like just being fucking (laughs) crucified on the internet you know and I don't mean to ever be offensive or Mm -hmm. you know I don't mean to say the wrong thing and so what I, a few people have said to me, Elsa, everyone's so scared of saying the wrong thing. So no one's saying anything at all. And therefore we're not having the conversations that we should be having, like what you and I are having right now, um, because we're terrified. And, and even I felt scared having this conversation because I was like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to offend anybody. But you know what? Um, I'm here to learn. I'm first to say, I don't know. <laughs> welcome anyone that wants to teach me and I too have been putting together um, which I haven't really spoken about at all yet but Jay Crispgrow and I have partnered up and we are putting together a scholarship that is going to honour my beautiful friend Christy and so it was through that that we had a conversation and all these kind of things came to 
light to me that I went, oh, fuck, like I haven't thought about this stuff and I should be thinking about it more. And then, you know, I've reached out and spoken to my mentor, Angela Henderson, and we had a great conversation about it and she sent me her DEI and then I was like, you know, I really want to talk to Jess because, you know, it's spreading that message and I guess it's on – so much good can come from it if we are all learning to get on the same page and be a bit more conscious about, like I say, things we wouldn't have even thought about if someone had not pointed it out. Yeah, it's such a big thing. And I do remember at the time because, you know, I was, you know, two years into business, I had spent tens of thousands of dollars on different coaches and being in so many different programs over the years. And there was a point where I was like really pissed off that no one had ever broached it as like mm. this is a thing to consider when you start to scale or when you start to be in public forums or even just to be a good ethical business owner mm-hmm. in general. And of course, like not trying to blame somebody else, like of course my own learning is my responsibility, but it, it really made me in that moment feel super committed to be like, I'm not going to ever have someone go through any of my programs or work with me one-to-one and then come out the other side and say they aren't aware of how important it is to think about matters of DEI in business. And so, you know, that in itself has like really changed even just like the curriculum and the types of collaborations that I have within my business and the way that scholarships are offered. And like, there's just so many things that you can do as, you know, you're learning. And something that I I feel like it might've come out. So this for me happened in, I think, um, was March 2020 and then a couple of months later was when the whole George Floyd wow. situation happened yes. and so you know I was so grateful that for me I'd kind of gone through that before that point so I felt like not that that I wasn't completely shocked at that point mm-hmm. and was able to you know be intentional and mindful about how I reacted and responded online but I think there was a quote at the time around like being humble and willing to fumble. And I can't remember who to attribute that to, but I feel like that is something I come back to time and time again, whenever I'm like, oh my God, I've got no idea. And like, you know, we have this whole, like, I think as women in general, we have this perfectionism and Mm -hmm. this good girl nature and like we're people pleasing and all of those sorts of things that eats into us anyway, when we're trying to grow our business but then even more so when it comes to those more confrontational type issues where we we have seen people have really bad experiences of being torn down online or really publicly mm-hmm. shamed. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's I I can understand where people might be coming from when they, they do address people that way. But then I guess also from what I've learned and studied about like trauma and how we learn and our nervous system, it's also not very conducive in creating or or putting someone in an environment where they're going to learn or be Mm -hmm. open because instantly they're shutting down and so yeah I and that's why I've really uh really appreciated Annie's mentorship in this because she's not the type of person that is like you know go out and you need to be saying all these things and doing these big bold posts and gestures and if you're not like calling everyone out you're not doing it right it's like what feels sustainable for you like what feels like something because you know this is this marathon not a sprint so it's like how can you show up and and sometimes it's like having the conversation at home like with my daughter or with Mm. my husband or things like that and and 
that is impactful. Having awkward conversations with your parents, like oh yeah, things like they have those ripple effects. That just and just because you know we were talking a little bit before we got in the conversation about what, how you could you can't always tell the diversity because yes. people might be disabled or like um, transgender or things like that that you you don't visibly see. Yes, um, and and just like you can't always visit a, visibly see people's differences. You can't visibly see how active or inactive people are in that space because sometimes they are reading all the books or they are having these conversations in private just because they're not kind of trumpeting all over the internet their, you know, their stance or perspectives. And I often think, and I, and then, yeah, I loved that because someone said that to me the other day, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's not always obvious. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might have had someone on your panel or in your team or whatever that has a mental health, severe mental health problem or a disability or even sometimes race isn't obvious, you know. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think that's really important. And also, yeah, there's some dicks out there, let's be honest. But (laughs) I don't deliberately go about my life choosing to be ignorant I, I I we are a product of where we grow up how we're raised our parents are a product of mm. and not that's not an excuse by any means I'm not saying that's an excuse but you know and somebody did once um Bill Bennell that from Kuiawongi once said to me yes Elsa but you do get to an age where you can choose what you learn and what you know about so um I think yeah a lot of us haven't I guess, emotionally, mentally grown enough to be ready to make or aware of to make those choices to learn to do it differently or better. Um, They might arrive at that stage like you and I, Jess, like I'm nearly 40 and I'm just going, fuck, how do I not know that I need to learn more about this um, DEI? And and now I know, oh, my God, there's so I'm realising there's so many people and resources available out there that can um, teach us or mentor us in that space. And then I too, like you, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to make sure that all of my clients going forward are aware that this is something we need to be learning about. Yeah, and it's like all things in business and life, right? You don't know what you don't know. And Uh Uh for me at the time, I, you know, I had lived in rural remote communities in my childhood where, we were the only white family. So I was immersed in like the Indigenous culture and I had, you know, friends and um, colleagues and supported businesses and things like that. And so to me, I was like, well, I like this is just part of life and, you know, I don't see colour or don't, you know, don't notice mm. whether they're black, brown or other. Like yeah. it's it's what it is. And yeah, I think it's again been going through that education piece of like that's that's also really problematic. And so if you're going through your life and you're thinking like, well, I'm not racist because I'm not overtly yeah. like excluding people or causing harm, um, yeah, there's just more subtleties and nuances to it than that. And that's really like the biggest takeaway that I got through this experience. Like, there's there's so so much more to it. Like, you know, if if we drill down into like, well, where was I posting to get people to apply? If I think about those yeah. networks and business communities, they're mostly filled with white women. Um, True. All those sorts of things. And it's like, oh, when you start to like unpack it all, you're like, 
it's just like a Pandora's box. Just like holy yeah. shit. <laughs> and I know that people listening be like, holy fuck, I haven't even thought about this. So this uh-huh. is why I think it was a really good conversation to have because mm-hmm. it actually through it was your experience and learning about your experience that made me go, holy shit. Um, <laughs> so um, I think it's really good and I think it's like massively brave of you to now be sharing it and it's kind of not that you you intentionally fucked up, you didn't, you know, but it, it's for you to be coming out and saying, look, I I did, I feel like I fucked up and I'm trying to fix it and do better and move forward and you're owning your story and you're owning the journey. I think that's awesome and I think it's got that in itself what you you had to go through hopefully will make it a lot better for a lot of other people by sharing the story. Yeah, thank you. So um, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share. And like I said, like it's still a space I'm very, very much a novice and learning in. And it's just again that being being humble and willing to to fumble to get it wrong, but to understand dust yep. off and keep trying and what I will do is I will get um you just to give me the details of um anybody that you recommend um that might be great for anyone listening that wants to learn or um find a DEI mentor themselves and I'll pop that in the show notes so hopefully we can help make a difference for everybody else yeah wonderful that would be so brilliant and I will also pop your, I see you've got a new website coming soon. I will pop yeah. the link to your website and your social media in the show notes as well. And thank you so much, Jess, for chatting with me today. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.